One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport 2, myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and you love your MMA, then this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Andy Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis discuss all the latest on the world of combat sports. Look, this week, it's all about the heavyweight division and the return of a certain Anthony Joshua who faces former cruiserweight king Alexander Usyk at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We'll be joined by Tony Bellew, member who shared a ring with Usyk back in 2018. We'll also hear from undisputed lightweight king uh, Josh Taylor and how he expects Saturday's fight to go. And we'll also discuss the exciting undercard. I almost feel like the undercard gets forgotten here. Lawrence Okoli defending his world title. Callum Smith moving up to 175 pounds as well. So loads to discuss, loads to get our teeth stuck into. Don't go anywhere. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. And the challenge of Alexander Usyk is a very dangerous one. I mean, this is the undisputed cruiserweight world champion. Usyk causes a lot of problems because one, he carries power, two, he's going to have the edge in speed, and that makes him dangerous. But I think that, I believe that Joshua's going to be too big, too strong, too explosive. Joshua asked a lot of questions tonight, came up with the answer when it mattered, and it was a brutal finish. I want the biggest fight possible. I think having this long layoff probably made everyone else in the same position. If you want to just... Forget all the, you know, the keep busy fights and want to just jump in it into the big fights and you know, make up for lost time. Lawrence the Sauce Akoli! I'm so eager to take another belt and say, you know what, I didn't just win a world title. I won. I've got two now. And then hopefully by that time we're allowed outside and then, <laughs> then we can uh, enjoy it a little bit more. All right, let's discuss this. I've been waiting for this one. I really have been. 65,000 people will be packed into Tottenham's wonderful stadium. The fight sold out in, what, a couple of hours, I believe. All looking forward to a big, big heavyweight showdown. I think boxing's needed this. It's been a few circus acts recently, but this is the real deal. It really is. Anthony Joshua versus the unbeaten Alexander Usyk. Obviously, look, former undisputed cruiserweight king, unbeaten so far. A heavyweight, those two wins against Chaz Witherspoon and Derek Chisora. But this is it, Gareth. This is what we've been waiting for, right? A big heavyweight showdown. Don't get me wrong, the smaller weights are good. I mean, we all like them, right? The middleweights, Canelo's been doing his thing for a while. Manny Pacquiao, we'll we'll touch on him a bit later, obviously announcing his retirement. But nothing beats the heavyweights and nothing beats an Anthony Joshua uh, fight week. Well, look, we we always say, don't we, Anadi? Great to be on with you as always. Um, We always say, don't we, in boxing, you've got boxing and you've got heavyweight boxing. (laughs) And and, and this is three weeks when we've got that whole thing. If we count the build-up to this fight between Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk for the uh, IBF, WBA, WBO and IBO title that Joshua holds as well. And then on October the 9th in Las Vegas... Um, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder in their trilogy fight. But, you know, it's a big fight, this. It's, mm. it's a really big fight. I mean, when you look at the the Joshua journey and the Usyk usurping uh, of the cruiserweight crown as undisputed champion, and both of them rising from Olympic gold medalists, at respectively Joshua at super heavyweight and Usyk at heavyweight mm. from the London Games in 2012. And... Apart from, obviously, the, the blemish 
uh, in New York at Madison Square Garden on the 1st of June 2019 when Joshua lost his belts and he won them back seven months later, six months later in the Deria Arena, Deria, Saudi Arabia, won the belts back from Ruiz. This is his biggest fight yeah. in terms of how you look at it since he had that massive test at Wembley to carry the event against Vladimir Klitschko on the 29th of April 2017, which was a monumental occasion. I think this is one of those. Usyk is extremely dangerous. Um, he's 10 times more experienced in fights, 350 amateur fights wow. to Anthony Joshua's 35. I know it's a vast gulf uh, in experience and he's got all the skills, but it's a big one against a little one in heavyweight terms. Yeah. Ring generalship, movement, power, um, the test for Joshua, it's its all there in this fight. It's fascinating, Addy. And I cannot wait for the triumphalism for all of us, as you say, to be in a stadium outdoors on Saturday evening, no rain, 65,000 fans, all the energy beaming in towards the ring. I cannot wait. I've got to tell you, I'm extremely excited. No, and so you should be, right? It's, it's one of those fights that really give the tingles, right? You get that feeling in the pit yeah. of your stomach because you know it is Absolutely. a big one. And yeah. Yeah. what I like about this as well is, uh, you know, a lot of fights when we can kind of predict the outcome, you know, as soon as they get made. With this one, though, you ask 100 people, and I think, look, still, AJ's the favourite because, as yeah. you said, bigger, stronger, and I think we are seeing a better AJ now. But you ask 100 people, and I think it's 65, 35, I think a lot of people think Usyk can get the job done just because, like what you said, he's got that background. He's got the amateur experience. He's won everything as an amateur. He's won everything so far as a pro, unblemished, rarely in any trouble. I think Bradus maybe gave him the toughest fight so far. Mm. But there's there's a lot of question marks with regards to the size. There's a lot of question marks with AJ's vulnerability. I love it. I, I'm not joking. I absolutely can't wait for it. Yes, it's not AJ Fury, but it's a damn good replacement. Absolutely. Look, and also, when you have a big fight like this, you and I are off to the O2 Arena this evening at Indigo, that little club inside the O2 Arena where all the guys will do their workouts. There's so many set pieces this week. In a big fight build-up week, you've got the set piece tonight. You've got the set piece of the press conference on Thursday, which is at uh, Spurs, of course, at the ground, which will be fascinating. Both men will get a chance to walk around the arena, will uh, the stadium will will witness them, and they're going to weigh in at the O2 Arena with a crowd on Friday. That'll get the energy levels up as well. So they'll be passing each other in the corridors this week until they walk out, and it's a long walkout on the big football stadiums, of course. You know, a three, four-minute walkout, Usyk's going to be waiting in the ring. Joshua will keep him waiting. He'll soak up the atmosphere. But I do agree with you. Usyk is a very patient fighter, and he may only need a couple of opportunities to get Joshua into the right position in this fight. And I think that's what he'll be looking to do. It would not surprise me to see the crowd booing on Saturday night mm. as Usyk circles the ring, Eddie, mm. uses his footwork, stay out of trouble with Joshua, doesn't get involved in many exchanges early on. If, but Joshua will be trying to push the pace, try to pressure him, push him into the corners. And all Usyk will wait to do is to try and turn Joshua, get him on the right angle and let that southpaw stance do its work. And the funny thing is, of course, I don't think, I'm right in saying this, since 2016 when Joshua uh, took the IBF title uh, from Charles Martin at the O2 Arena. I don't think he's fought a Southpaw. No. So that's fascinating in itself as well. Yeah, and certainly not a Southpaw like Alexander Usyk. I mean, you wonder what Joffa's done with regards to finding sparring partners, right? I mean, how do you replicate uh, Alexander Usyk? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, you, Gareth, can't. You, you can't. You can't. It's impossible, isn't it? You it's can't. actually impossible. You're right. You, you yeah. honestly can't. Um, you spoke to Alexander Usyk. Let's hear now from him you caught up with him uh, last week given that you won the olympic gold in london that you have a lot of fans in the uk that you fought here is it a happy place mentally for you to come and have a world title fight well uh it's with it will be with great pleasure i will be uh boxing in london in the uk i love uh, i love london and uh, this is uh, my lucky place actually london is my lucky place we know you're a lot of fun and, you know, this is the most serious I think I've ever seen you. Um, 
How excited are you about the coming week? How excited are you that you could become heavyweight champion of the world? Uh, perhaps I'm uh, not showing my emotions uh, well, and uh, I don't think I should really uh, show my emotions. Uh, let's not rush, and as they say, uh, you shouldn't really rush, because there's a saying in Russian or Ukrainian, there's the saying that if you rush, you will make people laugh. So uh, we'd rather kind of, uh, I'd rather be calm and uh, not rushing things. And, and, and finally, before we get very excited ourselves about what is going to be an amazing build-up to this fight with 60,000 fans at Tottenham Hotspur, um, have you got any tricks up your sleeve to get into Anthony Joshua mentally in this week? Well, guys, if I'm uh, telling you now, he will find it out. So. All right, that was Alexander Usyk there speaking to our very own Gareth A. Davis through his translator, of course. He speaks a little bit of English. I know he does. Um, not not great, not like a, a Lomachenko who's, who's learned perfect English, but he speaks a little. Um, the one thing about Alexander Usyk, very very confident, isn't he? I mean, all that. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's clowning all that dancing he does, all the, all the kind of the antics. I just find that confidence more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and and, and you've got to say, as he said there, that that London is a happy place for him. Mm. It's the happy place. It's a happy hunting ground. Beautiful memories from London. 2012, um, where he won the, the Olympic heavyweight gold and Joshua won the super heavyweight gold. Um, happy place at the SSE Arena in London um, last October when he beat Derek Chisora. Great night against Tony Bellew, um, where, of course, that's where we saw him behind on points in the fight. Bellew winning the rounds, but Usyk just waiting for the opportunity. And he took it to KO uh, Tony Bellew with some powerful left hands, of course, trapped him on the ropes in that eighth round. That's what I think he'll be looking for. Of course, he should be confident. He says he's not nervous as well, which I find extraordinary. You know, uh, what, why be nervous? This is a massive moment for him. Huge. Look, Huge. he's expected to lose, mm. but if he wins, look what he's done. He joins the glory boys who've gone from cruiserweight to uh, heavyweight in uh, Van der Holyfield and David Hay. Yeah, he certainly does. And look, I mean, he's not going to be overawed by 65,000. He won't. This is the guy yeah. that went to Gassiev's backyard in Russia. Russia. And wasn't fearful for that at all. So I think, look, it's going to be a great card. Um, talking about the card, I feel like sometimes the undercard of these fights almost gets forgotten a little bit. You forget that Lawrence yeah. Okolo is defending his world title that he won so well when he beat Glowacki. You've got the likes of Callum Smith moving up to 175 pounds. Yeah. Of the undercard fights, Gareth, which one... Is exciting for you. Which one do you look out for the most? Well, I, I'm obviously Lawrence. You just mentioned it there, Lawrence Sokoli, uh against uh, Dylan Prasovic. Prasovic, 26, Montenegrin, um, 12 knockouts in his 15 fights. I've been watching him on video. Um, he's an upright, typical Eastern European fighter. Likes to let his hands go. Good jab, very aggressive, um, pretty good mover. Mm. Um, ranked number one by the WBO. So massive opportunity for him, but I expect Akoli to get the job done. But the style suits Akoli. I'm looking forward to Florian Mark, who's always yeah, entertaining, yeah. against Maxim Prodan, um, uh, fighting out of Milan. Prodan, he's had all his fights in Milan. He's got 15 knockouts out of 19 wins. Mm. Uh, and this is at welterweight, of course, and, and we've got Marku calling out Conor Ben all the time. Um, you know, the Albanian king is not lacking in confidence. He'll be wearing his long Albanian hat, this week, I, I think he'll be wearing it to the workouts tonight. He's a great character, former kickboxer, uh, mixed martial artist. Great, great fan base um, as well. There, there, there'll, there'll be a few thousand there for him. As he says, he's the most famous fighter ever to come out of Albania. Luzhny he's from, of course. Really looking forward to that one. I've got to say as well, mm. I am also looking forward. You mentioned it, Callum Smith moving up to 175 pounds. Um, former number one uh, super middleweight in the world. First time back uh, since his defeat to Saul Canelo Alvarez and against <laughs> the great, uh, uh, a great name, greatly named Dominican Republic fighter in Lenin Castillo. Love it. Uh, there's no question there that his father was a communist, eh? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, he, he's, he, and he's 6'2". He's 21 and 3. He's never been stopped. He's got 16 KOs himself. But the things to know about this guy... Um, he's got a loss to Marcus Brown, who's got a win over Badu Jack, he, mm -hmm. although Marcus Brown lost to Jean Pascal. And also, of course, 
Lenin uh, has challenged for the WBA championship against Dimitri Bivol, yeah. which he lost comprehensively on points in Chicago on October 2019. And he was knocked down in the sixth round by an overhand right, I think it was, for the first time in his career. He's a durable fighter. Agreed. Good test for Callum Smith, and I expect him to win it. Yeah, some really good fights on the undercard. Again, going under the radar, but as would expect, because the main event is so big. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on Talk Sport 2 in partnership with DAZN. Remember, it's your boxing, your way, DAZN game chain. Still to come, we'll go. We'll get the full story of Josh Taylor ahead of Saturday night showdown. But after the break, we'll be joined by the one and only Tony Bellew. A mighty matchup about to unfold. Here we go. Right now, extra on Talksport 2 of myself, Adi Odupo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Uh, you heard that package there um, the last time. It wasn't the last time, actually, obviously, because Alexander Usyk fought Derek Chisora here. But back in 2018, November of 2018, he fought Tony Bellew as well. His last fight at Cruiserweight. Um, and it was an exciting fight, wasn't it? It was a really good fight. The crowd are really there, really involved with it. The man that made it exciting is the man that joins us now. And that man is Tony Bellew. Tony, really appreciate you coming on. Um, you must be inundated with request to talk about Usyk uh, during this week. You must be so, so busy. Uh, you know what, mate? I am. I, I have the phone hasn't stopped and I'll keep getting emails, messages just to talk to people about it. Uh, but Adi, I could not say no to you, brother. So that's the reason why I'm doing it. Really? But, uh, you know what, mate? It's, it's an honour to share the ring with him. He's an amazing champion, a brilliant fighter. Uh, and yeah, man, I can... I can put me on my hands I thought the greatest cruiserweight ever and you know I gave a good account of myself but ultimately it just wasn't good enough and, and that's what it came down to yeah certainly look it was a great account of yourself as well I mean let's not and I don't want to give you excuses here Tom but we've spoken about this before coming down from heavyweight to cruiserweight but Tom what makes him so good um, why why is he just that special is it is it the self horse stance is it, is it his mental capacity is it the way in which he switches things up what is it about Usyk his judgment's a distance, that's a big thing for me. Uh, his quality, his quality and all round, you know, tactical awareness is just, is phenomenal. So he's, I say, he's brilliant at what he does, guys. He's phenomenal, you know, his speed, his footwork, his movement. It's mad because his actual head movement isn't that, isn't, isn't really that good. But it's, he doesn't need to move his head because his tactical awareness with his feet is so good. His judgment at distance with his feet are so good, so his head doesn't necessarily need to move as much as you'd think. But as I said, you know, I, I can't rate him highly enough. And he already do. He, he's the best fighter I ever fought. Yeah, he beat me fair and square. And he's exceptional at what he does sometimes. You've just got to hold your hands up and say, listen, guys, he's better than me. Tony, it's great to have you on. Um, against Alexander Usyk, when you fought him, he was incredibly patient against you and just waited for his opportunities. There are a lot of people thinking that he might do that against Joshua and circle the ring and stay away. If you were in Anthony Joshua's corner, in Rob McCracken's shoes, what would you be advising Joshua to do in this fight? Win every round. Win the early rounds. Hit the body. The reason that people like to say that he starts slow against me, it's not that he started slow, it's that he, he was only allowed to do what I allowed him to do in them first six rounds. And that was because I had done something that no fighter had done to him before. I made him miss. I made him fall short on various occasions. And I counted them efficiently. Uh, that's not possible for somebody as a heavyweight to do that to him. A cruiserweight it was, because you know, I was used to fighting light heavyweights, smaller and faster than him. But uh, you've got to get it tactically right and be able to carry it out for 12 rounds. I carried it out for seven rounds. I was exhausted after seven rounds. Make no mistake, I was exhausted because he made me exhausted. But uh, Anthony Joshua, use your size, use your strength advantages and put it on him. Put it on him, make him work. You know, take away his attributes. His attributes are his judgment, his distance and his technical boxing ability. Take them away from by dragging him into a bit of a fight where he has to question his heart and his desire and how much he wants it. You've got to hit this boy to be body early. You've got to bank rounds early as well. You've got to make him chase. You cannot afford to be six rounds down to this guy after maybe eight rounds. 
you've got to be in a fight and he's got to need to chase after into the fight as well. So that's the key to the fight for me, guys. Do you, do you, do you think, Tony, that... Because a lot of people, you know, people that are outside of this fight, and there was Look how much stronger he is. He's a brilliant finisher, as you know. He's an extraordinary finisher. How does he put it on Usyk early? Because Usyk's going to try and make him follow him, surely, as well, and not go into many exchanges early. And it, I, I don't expect it to be a battle of the jab either. He's got to make it work early on. I said, boys, you've got to bank the rounds early. You can't be waiting for the fight to take place. What he's got to do, he's got to hit that body early. He's got to make the early rounds count. And that's the key to the win for me. You know, you can't you can't sit back watching and waiting for this guy and playing his game. You've got to, it's got to be on your terms. And Anthony Joshua is the only heavyweight in the world, I believe, athletically good enough to make this fight happen on his terms. If he fights someone like Tyson Fury, who's, who's just too big, he will make it dull, he will make it boring, and he will bring Alexander Usyk to him. Anthony Joshua has to put it on Alexander Usyk. And he has to make him miss. He has to not so much make him miss, but he has to make him pay every single time he comes within a certain range of him. He has to get up close, bang the body, and not wait. You can't afford to get into a waiting game with this guy. He's a master chess player when it comes to boxing, and you can't afford to get into a chess match with him. Tone, you were in Sheffield, I thought, last week, wasn't you, with him, Chisora? Yes. Um, two things. A, physically, how did he look? And where is he mentally, AJ? Impressive is the best word that I could possibly say of how he looks physically. Aesthetically, he always looks perfect, doesn't he? He's the best. He's, he's, he's the best. He's the physically, I think he's the best heavyweight ever. I think he's that, he's that far ahead of people athletically when it comes to speed, when it comes to power. When you put the complete package in athletically for someone, he's the most athletically gifted heavyweight I've ever seen in my lifetime. And that includes the Alexis, that includes Mike Tyson. Uh, I'm not saying he's a better boxer than them. I'm saying he's athletically more gifted than them. I'm saying that he puts it to use better. If you put Anthony Joshua in a 100-meter race with Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson, he'd probably smoke the pair of them. If you yeah. get him to lift, uh, lift a barbell with them, he'd probably beat the both of them. Uh, jump a certain height, he probably jumps higher than them. So all these attributes he's got in his favor, I believe he's the only person who can get close enough to Alexander Usyk and stay close. So when Derek Chisora fights Alexander Usyk, yes, he's able to get close at times because Alexander Usyk wants him to and wants to feel it. For Anthony Joshua is a different prospect. Alexander Usyk is not going to want this guy to get close and stay close because he can hurt him when he gets close. Derek Chisora wasn't able to do that. When Joshua gets close, you are, he's so quick and powerfully and explosive, he can stay there. As you step backward, his judgment of distance usually counts. He's going to get you. And that's the thing with AJ. This is why I believe he'll be Fiori as well. He's athletically gifted enough to not only close the gap but to stay there. No matter how fast you want to move away, he can stay on top of you. And these are the great attributes that he has being such an amazing athlete that he is. So, you know, listen, he's also a really good boxer as well. You don't mm. give Olympic gold medals away, guys. He's got a fantastic jab that we've already seen in the Ruiz rematch that we've seen in the Joseph Parker fight. He's able to dictate the range with his jab himself. The jab is, is a weapon that's very rarely used correctly against the Southpaw. If he uses it the way he was using it in his last sparring session last week, it's going to be a problem for Alexander Usyk. There's no two ways about that. I watched him in sparring. I watched him in training. He, as I've said before, I'll say again, I don't want to keep hard on but he's a phenomenal athlete. And it's such a big, big thing in the heavyweight division. These guys aren't the greatest of athletes in the heavyweight division anymore. And Alexander Usyk is very, very good. Technically brilliant with extremely good feet. But I think... He's, what I can say is, listen, he's the greatest cruiserweight ever. But there's a reason why he's not the greatest heavyweight ever. And that's purely down to his size. Tone, is he the best fighter that AJ would have fought? Bear in mind, obviously, there is the Klitschko fight from a few years back. Is this AJ's toughest opponent? What I will say is this is the best boxer he will ever face. Different opponents bring different things to the table. Klitschko brought a whole load of experience, a whole load of power a whole load of negative tactics that are very hard to combat against. Alexander Usyk, as a pure natural boxer, is the best boxer AJ will ever face. And that includes Tyson Fury. He, as a natural boxer, and with his technical ability, no one is anywhere near as good a boxer as in the heavyweight division or the cruiserweight division. He's, a, he's in a league of his own. But the other guys I've just mentioned have their own attributes. Like Tyson Fury 
has the feet of a ballerina and he's about nine foot. How he does that, I don't know, but these are the attributes that he has. Uh, someone like Deontay Wilder, it, it doesn't have any technical ability or skill at all, but yet he has the punch like a kick from a horse. So each and every person will bring their own individual attributes. For, for Alexander Usyk, guys, he's just phenomenally good. His judgment of distance, his punch selection, his offense to defense is brilliant. Uh, he knows how to manage a fight and judge a fight. He's just he's exceptional at what he does. But as I've said, all this has been proven at cruiserweight. None of this has been proven at a good level yet at heavyweight. Tony, as always, my man, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate you giving us some time there, Tony. Um, I'll see you on Saturday. I shall see you Saturday, my man. Adi, thanks as always, guys. It's always good to speak to you, mate. Boys, have a great week, and I cannot wait for Saturday. And still. And still, indeed. Fingers crossed. All right, you're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2, and that was a look ahead to this weekend's big fight. Thanks to the zone. Remember, it's your boxing, your way, game change. Next, we're going to hear from light welterweight king Josh Taylor, who's been speaking to Gareth. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tyson will fight Wilder, and the WBO will then order um, Anthony Joshua to fight Usyk. Lift off for AJ! A new chapter, a new era in this most glamorous division. We're not even thinking about Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, just thinking you just got to beat Alexander Usyk, because it's really a case of winner stays on. All right, this is Final Extra here on TalkSport 2 of myself, Ali Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. We're building up to what is going to be an absolutely cracking fight, cracking main event uh, this coming Saturday from the wonderful Tottenham Stadium, Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk for, for all the marbles but one in the heavyweight division. Obviously, the WBC belt is with Tyson Fury, who takes on Deontay Wilder October 9th. So, look, we've got a great stretch of big fights coming up, and obviously we'll keep you covered on Fighter Extra to give you all the latest. All right, time now to hear from the undisputed lightweight king, Josh Taylor. Uh, Gareth, you caught up with him last week to get his take on this weekend's fight. You know him well, Anthony Joshua. You're at the English Institute of Sport with him at the same time. You're at the Olympics with him at the same time. Anthony Joshua fights Alexander Utik next weekend. What's your yeah. take on the fight and what are the dangers of Usyk in your view? Well, Usyk, um... Usyk is a very, very skillful fighter. You know, he, he can he can box, he can be crafty, he can be smart, he can be really hard to hit. He, he can be really good. He's very clever. He knows what he's doing boxing-wise. Mm. Um, but at heavyweight, he's at quite a big disadvantage in terms of size and strength. You know, um, he had a hard time against Derek, uh, Derek Chisora, um, who's not the who's not the best of heavyweights. Um, no disrespect to him, but he's no... He's no elite heavyweight, uh, Derek Chisora, you know. Um, every time he stepped up in class, he's been beaten or knocked out. So um, he's not the best of heavyweights, but he comes and gives it a go and gives it his all. And he, and he gave uh, Usyk a hell of a, a hard time. You know, I thought he was actually very unlucky not to win the fight. 
Um, he almost but, bullied, I, I felt, you know, he almost bullied Usyk for the first four rounds. You know, it, it, there was... A yeah, I thought, I, thought, I thought he gave Usyk a really, really hard time. Mm. Um, and I thought he was quite unfortunate not to, not to get the victory in the end. Um, but like, having said that, Joshua is much bigger, much stronger than than uh, Delboy, you know, and he's, and he's fresher as well. He's younger and fresher. So there's that element if, he, if Joshua decides to come out and uh, be physical and, and put on him and attack him, I think Usyk might struggle a little bit. Gee, um, that's my sense as well, is that we might see... Not not him throwing his hand straight away, but really imposing himself, and that you know, yeah. and and, and it would like, be an easier night's work for him if he does that. I don't feel Usyk should be there at the end, in my view. No, I don't think it's an easy night's work to be any stretch. No, um, but I do feel if he comes out and imposes his size and his strength, that he'll get on top of Usyk. Um, but if he comes out and kind of tries to sort of stand off him a little bit and be a little bit cuter and box him. I think that's when Usyk will come into his own and outbox Joshua and uh, outpoint him. I think that's uh, I think that's what will happen if he comes out and tries to box. I think Usyk wins that fight. Um, but if Joshua uses his attributes, his size and his strength, then uh, I think um, it's an uphill battle for Usyk to win that one. The words there of the undisputed lightweight champion, uh, Josh Taylor, speaking to our very own Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Gareth, he's pretty much just said there, isn't he? Like, AJ, it's going to be a tougher, but AJ's too big, too strong. That's what a lot of people are saying in this one, that AJ might just be a bit too big for Alexander Usyk. Obviously, look, a natural heavyweight now, having been a heavyweight for, what, two and a half years, but AJ's just a man mountain, isn't he? Absolutely, he is. And listen, I'm going to forgive you, and I'm sure Josh Taylor will forgive you for calling him the, the, the lightweight undisputed oh. champion. Oh, yes. You've made him a two-division... What have I done? You've made him a two-division undisputed champion there, but we're going to forgive you... because Sorry, Josh. And I think I think you swallowed super because you're still numb in the in the cheeks. But <laughs> these slips are easy to make when the dentist has had the needles in your jaw. I'm sure. Yes. Um, but but look, I mean, uh, it's look. I think Josh Taylor is look. He knows Anthony Joshua really well. Mm. He has been around him. He was around him from. 2009-10 onwards to 2012 before Joshua turned pro after the Olympics. Yeah, He knows the big man. Um, he knows him inside out. He's seen him sparring. He, he knows what he's made of as well. Um, and I think, you know, he did the caveat there from, from Josh is that Usyk is a dangerous fighter. He's very adept. He's very adroit. Um, he's just not got to give him an opportunity and he's got to be aggressive against him. And I think that's the... That's the key in this fight, that Joshua doesn't allow Usyk to get into a rhythm where he can move really easily and be missed and land his jab and that he gets the momentum and the upper hand in the fight. That's the danger in this for Anthony Joshua, where he just goes searching in the end for a knockout. He's mm. got to be fluid himself. He's got to walk uh, Usyk down cleverly. And remember, Joshua isn't renowned for his his ring generalship he's, he's renowned for his power and his finishing genuinely he's one of the greatest finishers i've ever seen when he's got someone hurt in, in a ring he's, he's one of the as dangerous as lennox lewis when he had Agreed. fellas hurt in the ring you know yeah. so it's a, it's a really testing fight but it's one that josh thinks that uh that uh uh joshua should come through mm. but you know th there are question marks about it the, the, and that's the way this fight goes. Yeah, and right, and there should be. When, when it's a fight at the top table, there should be question marks, right? It shouldn't be almost too easy to predict. I think there should be some sort of danger um, to navigate your way to world title fights, and especially to defend them. Um, Josh also said, this is Josh Taylor here, that if AJ tries to box Usyk, he's in trouble. Um, I think we have seen in AJ's last couple of fights him doing a bit more boxing, right? We saw it against Ruiz in Saudi Arabia where he had to, right? And I think we saw it against Kubat Pulev as well. Is there a danger that if we see the AJ from those two fights, that he is going to just get outboxed by, I think we can all admit this, the better boxer on the night? Look, I think there, there's always a risk when you're in with a guy who is considered uh, a ring general mm -hmm. that you could be outboxed. Yeah. The big test here is he's only had two fights at heavyweight. Um, and he's come into deep waters very quickly. And as, as Anthony Joshua has said in the last 
24 hours. Um, he is jumping deeply into it. Joshua's a student of the game now. Mm. Um, Evander Holyfield, Daddy took six fights um, before he stepped up uh, to a championship fight when he moved up from uh, cruiserweight to heavyweight all those years ago. It's an early leap for Usyk, but he's 34, so he needed to make that move. He's jumped in at the, at the deep end and he's jumped in um, against a guy who I don't think that they would have taken this, um, Eddie Hearn and Joshua, if uh, they had had another option. Mm. Because, uh, you know, Usyk is mandatory and they had to hold on to the WBO belt. They had to defend it now. Um, you know, they, they wanted the Fury fight. They wanted the undisputed fight. He still wants the undisputed yeah. fight. And that's at the back of the... That's This is a... It's, it's terrible to call this a semi-final, but it's kind of like a semi-final, as you mentioned in the first section here, to the big one, which is the one we all want to see, the blockbuster between the two Brits, Fury and Joshua, to decide the Duke of the division, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the King of the Lions, the, the current kind of great heavyweight from this era. Indeed. Um, so much has been made of AJ's size. Um, I went to Sheffield and saw him a couple of weeks ago and it, it does look smaller. It's weird saying he looks smaller because to me he's still a, a mountain. Still a massive, oh. massive guy, right? But he's definitely going to come in a bit lighter. Um, he's not going to be, uh, he's obviously never going to be what he was when he fought Carlos Tacom, which was 18 and a half stone or something silly like that. He won't be as small as Ruiz, but he's going to be lighter. I asked him, I said, are you like doing this on purpose, coming in lighter? He said, no, 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 you know what? You know, it's when I train, the weight comes off, it comes off. And I was like, you're lying to me, AJ. You are definitely coming in a lighter to be lighter on your feet. Do you think he needs to be a bit lighter? Like, what's what's your ideal AJ weight, do you think, Gareth? About 17 and a half, I'd mm. say. You yeah. know, 17.4, something like that. Yeah, because yeah. Usyk's probably going to be 16 and a half. He's going to be a stone heavier than Usyk, in my view. Um, Usyk won't want to be too light either. Um, because he's going to have to have some bulk to him, but he doesn't want to be too heavy either because he doesn't want to give up his speed or his elusiveness and doesn't want to tire during the fight. As I say, he's only had two fights at heavyweight. So I think Joshua, like you say, it's weird with Joshua, the, 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 the lighter he gets, the longer he looks as well, doesn't he? <laughs> True, yeah. he, he is a man mountain. There's no question about it. Um, I, I, I have problems visualizing him smaller because I always see him as so huge. His legs are massive. His torso is very thin. We'd all like to look like the Adonis, wouldn't we? And he is an Adonis. There's no question about it. But it's whether he can transfer that lighter weight he'll have um, to the speed that he'll need against this guy. It'll be fascinating in the first three to six minutes to see who has the hand speed in yeah. this fight as well. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated about that. And I'm going to look at that tonight when... Uh, they're in the ring on the pads. I mean, Anatoly uh, Lomachenko, Papachenko, I suspect will be in there in the uh, in the workouts with uh, with uh, with uh, Usyk tonight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, th this is Usyk, a guy that does juggling, um, a type of Cossack dancing, Ukrainian dancing, does circus skills, does gymnastics. You know, he he's got he's got a whole range of things and. You know, um, Anatoly Lomachenko will have come up with a game plan for this as well. And he's been around him, of course, because he's the Olympic or the, the amateur uh, coach yeah. for the Ukrainian team as well. Vasil will be there as well, giving his six penneth worth. So it's fascinating. It's going to be a veritable heavyweight chess match on Saturday night and we cannot wait for it. You know, the thing that I really wait for here is when AJ cracks Usyk. Now, look, as a big AJ fan, if AJ cracks him clean, you know, like one of those special AJ uppercuts and Usyk can take it, then that's when my heart starts skipping a beat a bit, a bit more than it should do. Because I really don't know if AJ, I mean, if Usyk can take that power. I don't think we really saw Chisora hit him clean and, and Witherspoon certainly didn't. I'm like, if he can take AJ's power, then we, we might have a big problem if, if you're an AJ fan. That's what I'm waiting to see. Well, if he can take AJ's power, AJ's in trouble, frankly. But I don't think he will be able to take AJ's power. I mean, the it's about, but it's also getting on the inside. Mm. Um, and, and uh, um, you know, the other thing about AJ, he's saying he's been doing a lot of physical work in sparring, pushing, shoving, leaning. 
And I hope he gets hold of Yusuk and leans on him yeah. early. Even if the referee has to pull him off a few times, lean on him, make him tired, make him see how big you are, then go back and reset and be a, be a big fighter. Be the bigger fighter. Don't crouch. Um, just use your length. He's got a four-inch reach advantage, remember. He's three inches taller. He's a much bigger specimen. Um, you know, he's the XXL to to uh, U6XL. So, you know, I want to see all that from him. I want to see him use his jab as well. He's got a good jab. Um, and also, I don't know if you've seen this, but Joshua has admitted that, or revealed rather, that he's been sparring with his right hand behind his back as well yeah. um, in several sessions so that he's had to be elusive um, from uh, U6's right-hand lead for, out of the southpaw stance. That's fascinating as well. All of these things he's working on. I wonder as well, Addy, whether he will have suffered at all with Rob McCracken, his head coach, being away with the uh, GB Olympic team in Tokyo for nearly a month. Mm. So that that I know they were on FaceTime all the time and they were working on things together and the, the schedule uh, was put up and, and, and Joshua says, listen, I listened to... Um, Rob McCracken, like the Manchester United players, used to listen to the great Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, and because and, you want to do things that he tells you. They'll have left no stone unturned uh, for this fight. Every single event now that Joshua goes into, and as you rightly mentioned earlier, 60, 65,000 seats sold out in, the, in a matter of hours. Every event he goes into now is a massive event. And there's so much um, kind of high risk and high rewards for him every time he steps into the ring. Yeah, you're selling it well, Gareth. You're selling it well. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Find It Extra here on TalkSport 2. Remember, it's in partnership with The Zone. Your boxing, your way, The Zone game change. Next, we turn our attention to the undercard and a big night for Lawrence O'Coley and obviously for Callum Smith as well. Extra on Tinchman to myself, Adam Lupo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. And we've been uh, looking ahead to what is going to be an absolutely fantastic fight card uh, this Saturday, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, AJ versus Alexander Usyk. Um, yeah, really, it's, it's, it's a big one, it's a huge one. But what we want to do now is focus on the undercard as well. So there are some big fights on the undercard. Lawrence Okoli defends his WBO cruiserweight title against uh, Dylan um, Prasovic. You've got Callum Smith versus Lenin. Castillo, Maxim Prodon, and under this this is going under the radar. This fight against Florian Marcou, Campbell Hatton's on the undercard as well. Let's focus on it. I want to start from bottom to top of weekend, Gareth, and, and talk about young Campbell Hatton. Um, another uh, obviously big opportunity for him. Another big event as well. Some people have said, look, don't put him on these big events. Put him on like a you know your old school next gen cards and let him build up that way. He gets an opportunity here again in front of what will be a small crowd at the time he fights. Um, is this extra pressure on him? I mean, should they kind of be putting him on these smaller cards and maybe putting him low down? Is it extra pressure being on these major big pay-per-view cards where all the eyes of the world are on him? I don't think so, Eddie. I think, you know, given what Campbell's gone through so far, mm. was on the undercard of uh, Derek Chisora and Joseph Parker when... Yeah. Tasha Jonas and Katie Taylor fought on the night that Chris Eubank fought as well. All the fathers were there that night. He fought in the Rumble and the Rock in Gibraltar, yeah. the reach of Dillian White and uh, Alexander Povetkin. He's 3-0 and now. He's looked a little bit better every time. Doesn't have a vast amateur pedigree in his background. And I think, God, these are all massive experiences for him all the time. He's got his uncle Richard in the corner. Um, uh so, you know, it's sorry, his father is Richard Ricky. Yeah. Um, he's got his uncle in the corner, Matthew Hatton. Um, it's just great for him, and he loves it, he absolutely loves it. And I think against Sonny uh, Martinez, who's two and four but has never been stopped, um, Uruguayan out of Montevideo, <laughs> um, but 
in Spain. Um, you know, it's another little test for him, and he'll want to show little improvements. I mean, what's this? His, his third fight in the year so far, so mm. he's doing brilliantly. No, I agree. I think people are far too quick to, to judge someone, uh, like you said, didn't have much amateur experience, and again, it's the surname, isn't it? The surname brings that kind of pressure, and um, I think he's dealing with the pressure well, and he's got great people around him. Um, Campbell, sorry, Ricky Hatton, as you said, Matthew Hatton as well. So, look, uh, good luck to him in that fight against Sonny Martinez. Uh, Callum Smith makes his debut at 175 pounds. His debut with new trainer as well, Buddy McGirt. What are we expecting from Callum Smith at 175? Are, are we sort of looking at the domestic fights? Are we already thinking of maybe world level? What, what's what's the What do you think the path is for Callum? Well, you look at the light heavyweight scene right now. Um, Dimitri Bivol, Arta Baturbiev holding two of the belts, and Joe Smith Jr. Um, Callum's moving into a kind of a realm where he's got a ton of big tests at home if he wants them, from Joshua Boatze mm. uh, to Craig Richards to Callum Johnson to Anthony Yard, to Lyndon Arthur. Oh, my God, that's extraordinary. And, you know, Arthur's ranked number one by the WBO. Joshua Boatze's ranked number two by the three other organizations, uh, number five by the WBO. All these guys are high in the rankings. So he's only probably one of the, those fights away from fighting for the world title. I think he matches up brilliantly against Dimitri Bivol, um, the WBA champion. Uh, who was pushed a little bit by Craig, Craig Richards back in May uh, in Manchester on that uh, on the undercard of Joseph Parker and Derek Chisora. And, of yeah. course, um, the, the guy he's fighting here, Lenin Castillo, um, has, a, has a loss to uh, Dimitri Bivol, as I mentioned earlier, two years ago in Chicago, and when he was put down for the first time in his career. So um, this could be... You know the reason why they're they're aiming for that. Um, you know he's not highly ranked, uh, uh, Lennon uh, Castillo, in any of the of the of the, of the governing bodies. Um, so it's just an opportunity for him to ease his way into the heavyweight division, like heavyweight division. It's a good division for him. He's thirty now. There's no way that this guy should have been kind of like staying for a long, long period of time, trying to make 168 pounds. He's six foot three at the end of the day, you know? Mm. So it, it was time for him to step up. And the loss uh, to Sol Canelo Alvarez is the fight that heralded that change. Are you surprised about the split with Joe Gallagher? Obviously, look, they've been together since the get-go. Um, it kind of came as a bit of a surprise to me. I think Buddy McGirt's a fantastic trainer. He's trained so many world champions over the years. But were you surprised with that split? Um, no, I think a change is as good as a rest, um, you know, and, and you do need a, a switch up, you know, Buddy's a very clever uh, fighter, um, you know, held the world championship himself in two weight classes. Yeah. I remember him in the late 80s, IBF junior welterweight champion, uh, WBC and lineal welterweight champions, uh, championships from 91 to 92. I remember him very well and we're the same age. Um, he's a great guy. You know, he's worked with so many great fighters, Arturo Gatti, oh. Antonio Barber, Hasim Rachman, Pauli Malinaji, Sergei Kovalev. Um, he's been trainer of the year. So he's got a lot of knowledge. And I think maybe Callum might have needed that at this stage in his career. And, and you know, Joe, Joe and I don't think there's anything untoward between Joe and Callum, Addy. I just think he probably just needed that change, that shift. Um, I know Buddy's been over here several weeks already. Um, looking forward to seeing him tonight, to be honest. Yeah, honestly, fantastic trainer. And I agree with you. I think sometimes just hearing a different voice in the corner yeah. as well, different ideas, different techniques could be a good thing. And it can really rejuvenate a, a career. Uh, finally, Lawrence Okoli, um defending his WBO Cruiserweight belt for the first time. Um, I, I think Lawrence is a special fighter. I really do. I think... I still think there's so much more to come from Lawrence and he's already he's already a world champion. I think the longer he sticks with Shane McGuigan, um, we could see those unification fights with the likes of Marius Bradis or, or Ilanga Makabu. Uh, um, what do you expect from Lawrence in this, in this fight? A, a win, a comfortable win? Look, I've always said to Lawrence, because we've had chats about this kind of privately, don't worry about people critiquing your style of, of smash and grab. He's a massive smasher with his hands. He's a massive man at cruiserweight. He's got the build of a heavyweight. 
He does hit and hold. I don't think that'll ever change, but his jabs got better under Shane McGuigan. They're a great group together. That They're a great force together. I love the way that Lawrence has grown in stature and aura over the last year since winning the world title belt and, 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 and growing as a person. He's written a book. Um, he's, he's doing his rap records, mm. his rap songs. You know, he, he's talking... Uh, it was it was in McDonald's in 2012 where he was inspired. He was on his lunch break. He was 300 pounds in weight. He's 200, remember now. Yeah. Um, 300 pounds in weight. He saw Anthony Joshua win Olympic gold, and he ran down to the gym the next day, throttling up his his force and his energy. And you know what? He told me in the last couple of weeks he's considering buying a McDonald's franchise. I love it. I love the growth of him. Prasovich, Dylan. Um, Dylan Prasovich, 26 years old, tough opponent, 15 and 0, 12 knockouts, um, number one with the WBO, veritable challenger. This is a big money fight for for Lawrence Acoli because he's the supporting act in a massive stadium. Statement, Teddy, on Saturday night: knock out the Montenegrin. Go on to the other world champions. Sold it well again, Gareth A. Davis. Uh, it's going to be a good one. It really is. Uh, this coming Saturday, eighty, Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk, sixty-five thousand. Lawrence Okudi on the undercard as co-main event. We've got Callum Smith, Laurie Marku, Campbell Hatton. Honestly, I can't wait to be there. Gareth will be there as well. That's it for this week. Thank you once again for downloading the podcast. We'll be live again next Monday on TalkSport 2. And if you miss us, make sure to subscribe to Fight Night Podcast to catch up with all our other episodes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.